live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. We have no idea where Paul Nolan is. We have no idea where he is. He's gone missing. His chair's here. It's empty. <laughs> we have no idea where Paul... Oh, he's making his coffee, right? He's making his coffee. <laughs> Coffee. Yeah, see what uh, see what happens. Damon broke the fourth wall. Yeah, I told him it was go ahead, and then of course, <laughs> then he rats him out. <laughs> I just threw him right <laughs> under the bus. Yeah. Live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan will be here with news, and with a hot coffee. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati is back. Mr. Emirati, how was your night off? Good, big day. Little fundraiser. Good stuff to, for a good cause. People were worried about where you were. I know. Uh, well, I'm sorry, guys. I just had to take off last night. It was a good But you announced it the night before. Yes, I did. I let them know. But sometimes people yeah. don't exactly listen and pay attention to every word. So we had to remind them you were off. Geofran holding it down as always. So, uh, Rick, I, I wrote, uh, I read, if I could speak, a thing that uh, Brandel Sham. <laughs> he falls <got> his coffee. <laughs> That's what he needs to stay awake for two more hours. Where'd you get that? Off the campfire? After doing March Madness radio. at the brewery. You sound like Pelosi, yeah. Uh, I read up Brandel Chambly said that he had a friend who was playing in a foursome out at Medalist, which I believe is in Florida. It's uh, Tiger's home course. Yeah. His friend was playing in a foursome in front of Tiger. I don't know if it was this week or last week. And said that uh, he was walking good, swinging good, and he would not be surprised if Tiger was walking the grounds on Monday. Hmm. I heard Rory McIlroy weighed in today, and he said he thinks he's going to play. I know how you love hang on every one of his words, but you know he said he's going to play. He thinks he's going to be there. Hmm. And they say he's on the list, right? Yep, he's on the list. So the plot thickens here. We might have a Tiger sighting this week, next awesome. week. That's amazing. That'd be something else. So me and Paul did. Um, Final Four radio today, Rick Amorati. Have you been looking at the Final Four matchups? Yeah, I mean, that. I'll tell you, that Duke-North Carolina game, that is unbelievable. I got a story where Eric Church canceled his concert Saturday night to make sure he watches that. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. We talked about that as well today. Uh, well, Do you well, believe well. that? I unbelievable. With you. I, I'm not a big country guy, but Eric Church kind of, like, he's more Southern. I love Southern rock. He's like Southern rock, you know, like Chris Stapleton. I think it's such a jackass move. You can't do that. You what about the people, people flying in to in? see him? Yeah. yeah, flying in, have hotel reservations for months. And he writes this He writes this thing this week saying, hey, by the way, sorry, but I'm <laughs> canceling the show so I can go watch North Carolina play in yep. the Final Four. I got all the details on that one. That's Unbelievable. crazy. You would think he would just, you know, hey, set up a big screen and we'll just sit here with the whole audience and watch it and then I'll do a show afterwards. That's a good idea, Rick. Right, something like that. I know, like that. that's why I said it. It's a good idea. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're good for idea. that once in a good while. Good idea, Rick. Oh, once in a while. And <laughs> Rodney gets a night off, he comes back all fiery. Well, he's yeah. taking pictures of my set and people are laughing. Why? I, I last night. People de- <laughs> you know what? Uh, the funny thing is your set looks so different from everything else yeah. that they don't real. That a lot of them don't think you actually are in the same studio as us. They think you're you're far off in another land. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't well, know. He a is, cube. but he's I, here. I don't right. even have a cube all these years. I melted it. That's why. You click those shoes together. It looks like you could go somewhere tonight. Pull <laughs> yeah. those shoes up, Emirati. Those things it. are like yeah, some uh, silver shoes. Yeah. Dorothy and look at those. Metallic, I can't get the angle. Right? Yeah, look at us. Look at how sharp they are. You can kill some cockroaches with those. Things. <laughs> those yeah, things are coming handy else. on Long Island. That's right. Um, well, glad you're in the Getter Chat. I saw it was already fired up even before we got on the air. 
I guess with Dr. Gina before us, she had a great show. John Solomon and Amanda, we watched a little bit of that. That was great. Boy, the, ooh. Are they out? Are they, you know, John and Amanda are over the mark or whatever you want to call it. Yep. I mean, they're, uh, they are out in force, huh? Under attack. Everybody, it is out in force for John and Amanda, which <laughs> tells you they did a great job with the president. And you combine um, real journalism with the president, and this is what you get. Oh, you talk about those two sycophants? <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> Let's roll that clip, G. This was sent to me. Uh, last night, late, I guess after a friend of mine saw it and was like, hey, isn't this your, isn't this your deal? Uh, roll that. Meanwhile, Kim Jong-un's uh, old pal Donald is busy talking to anyone who might sit there and nod in agreement. He did an interview with something called Real America's Voice, which might not even be a real thing, but he was there uh, to ask two sycophants the same question over and over and over again. Why did the mayor of Moscow's wife give the Bidens, both of them, three and a half million dollars. Why did the mayor of Moscow's wife give the Biden family three and a half million dollars? Why is it that the mayor of Moscow's wife gave the Biden family three and a half million dollars? And one other question, and it's a little off topic, why is it that the mayor of Moscow's wife, <laughs> this story about this three and a half million dollars, there's no evidence to back it up. Not only that, what? remember back in 2016 <laughs> when Trump asked no, Russia the to find Hillary Clinton's emails? That's the sick and when right he there. tried to extort the president of Ukraine wait, wait, to yeah. manufacture information about the Hunter Biden. Well, no. For that one, he got impeached, but now he's asking Vladimir Putin to release dirt on the Bidens in the middle of a war. He wants our enemy to dig up damaging information about our president while he is attacking Ukraine. And he doesn't see anything wrong with this. The whole free world is trying to stop Putin. Trump's like, hey, you got anything on the president's crackhead son I could use? I really appreciate it. Yeah. There's so much wrong in that statement. <laughs> totally. There is so much dumb at so many levels. Yeah. And all he would say is, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? right. Like, that's what a goof like that would say. So the question really is this. Is he that dumb or he's a great actor and he's paid to just say what he's supposed to say and he, he knows the truth or uh, a little bit of both? No, he's probably that dumb. When you do segments called What's in My Pants or whatever, I tweeted about it this morning. He's done other segments too. And of course, he's Don Blackface as well, as we've been reminded today. Oh, how about girls on trampolines naked? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's he's classy. Just, he's but just, at least he's not crying right now. He cries on TV more than any grown man. Grow yeah, up. He, he's about the most unfunny schmuck there is in comedy. He he was really. Remember we talked last night about how when these guys these guys all lo lost their live audience. Yeah. How they just got revealed to be so. Most of them are just yep. so Jimmy, lame. Jimmy Fallon bombed when he lost his audience. I mean, oh he might have been the he might have been the worst when he yeah. lost the audience. Yeah. Even there, Conan the was didn't even, good. Yeah, Conan's always been yeah, great. He's great. actually funny. He's funny. Like he's actually funny. Right. Like Kimmel's lame. Like he's 40 writers. That's the best they could come up with. Yeah. By the way, off topic. And he says the same. I mean, the audience barely even laughed. And but he does get some truth in there. Remember, he gets some truth in there. He does say he got any information on my the crackhead. Yeah. You know, he, he slides those in as jokes. <laughs> that was good. But those are the actual only truthful parts of the whole thing. It's amazing. And he's 10 times better than Colbert, which tells you how bad Colbert is. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Colbert's so they're, they're bad. They're both pretty terrible. They're both but pretty, I'm to, listen, we're talking about God awful. awful, and then <laughs> six feet under. 
I mean, just bad. Is, it, is this like the reverse MJ LeBron debate on who's the goat of sucking? <laughs> it could be. I don't. I've never had that debate. No. Well, that that seems to be all over the place. Everybody's debating. You know that oh, those they bad. suck. No, no, no. I'm saying the reverse. Oh, oh like uh, bizarre world. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Well, the point being, when he when he, I, I look at it as a huge compliment. By the way, that he even took the time to put it in his monologue. It's a huge compliment to John and Amanda and to the network. I don't care who, I don't care how much of a buffoon he is. He took the time to put it in his, I'll take the exposure. You know what the greatest thing about it is? And I'll just throw this out there is that he went against Amanda and John Solomon. If anybody is armed with more knowledge, truth, and a great track record of reasonable, real reporting, that's John, and he can if he if he challenged all these goofs to a debate, boy, he would just dismantle them. Well, not according to all the stories out in the last couple of days, boy, he's under fire. I saw Mr. Solomon put out a statement today. I thought it was excellent. It's available on justinnews.com. And he'll be joining us, I hope, every Tuesday going forward, so we can talk about all this next Tuesday. Have some fun with it. I know. I, th- I think it's a huge compliment. That it made it into the monologue myself, as yeah. dumb as Kimmel is, and as unfunny as he is. God. Man, no, he man. did the, um, by the way, in the same monologue, he did the old um, Kim Jong-un bit. We did it way better. We didn't even have to, like, dress it up. He tried to change it into some erectile dysfunction deal. Cialis commercial was lame. It was lame. We were on it way before him, number one, and we, 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 we covered it way better. Yeah, that was like a week ago, right? Yeah, it was the way he did it was awful. They they edited it terrible. Did you see it, G? Uh, no, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, you have standards like everybody else. Well, um, I mean, Harry was on him about a year ago now, if we remember. But Harry was on uh, Kim Jong Un. If you remember his pronunciation issues. Oh, yeah, oh yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that? yes, that's right. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yes, I forgot. Now I remember. Harry was on, Kim but not Kimmel's coverage of it was awful. It was just lame. So yeah, it kind of reminds me now. Now I think about Harry and Kim Jong Un. You know, you could, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he could, uh, he could pass. He could do a little, you know, slick his hair back, slick the Harry hair back, put on some dark sunglasses, look at his watch a few times, bomber jacket. Yeah, yeah. Harry's um, Harry lost a lot of weight, so I don't know if he could really pull it off anymore. He could have before. No, but so did Kim Jong Un. Well, not as much though. So, well, anyway, I would love it's good. to see. I would love to see the team at Rev though make a promo in the style of Kim Jong Un's video, but with, <laughs> with Harry, Harry in the bus. Yeah. Harry bringing the bus out of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Harry, here we go. Take forty-seven. Walk down the ramp. <laughs> Look at your watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, lots to do on a Thursday night. So, um, basically, what we have is we have. It's like an arsonist calling the fire department with Biden today, dipping into the reserve, petroleum reserve, which I tried to do some research on to really understand it. Uh, the petroleum oil reserve, where Pop-Pop here is going to take a million barrels for the next 180 days, he says. And of course, anybody with any common sense looks at the numbers and says, no one even knows if this will even do anything to bring down gas prices. So he's just li- literally stabbing in the dark at this point. 
And this is a reserve that we created this following the 1973-74 oil embargo and resulting supply shortages in order to reduce the economic impacts of such disruptions in the future. The reserve is a federally owned physical stock of crude oil that is located in underground salt caverns uh, caverns at four sites in the southeast of the United States. The facilities can hold up to 713 million barrels. The crude oil in stock is subject to purchase sales exchanges as well as drawdowns to counter low supply, which is what he's doing. And of course, President Trump was really responsible for filling these reserves. And they're supposed to be for, of course, as you've heard most people talk about all day, in the cases of real emergencies. Not because your energy policies are, uh, and our high energy prices are a direct consequence of your policies. That's not what it's there for. It's not there to try to make you look better because you're trying to kill and you hate and despise the energy sector. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I got a uh, piece in the Washington Times. Most people don't think this is going to do much. All right, just getting started. We'll check in with the Getter audience, see what's going on there. Paul's going to have news. Rick will have sports on a Thursday, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down, as always. Lots to get to. We got a bunch of great stuff tonight, man. We got a couple couple crazy towns. We got a couple LOLs of the day, and we have a um, a WTF video of the day. Kamala Harris failed philosopher, so that should be pretty good. <laughs> Let's do the, one of the LOLs before we do sports. Person speaker G. You have that, roll it. Check this out, Delgado. We stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators. We stand up for those who are. (laughs) That was awesome. That was a little. The gentleman from Virginia is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, person speaker. And I I say person speaker because I'm not a biologist and out of respect to our Supreme Court nominee, (laughs) I don't feel qualified to say Madam Speaker. There you go. There you go. More of that. Uh, More of that. Right in their face. Yeah. Just let's call out your stupidity. Yeah, just exactly. Just give them exactly how stupid they are right back to them. Sorry, I mess up every once in a while. That's all right, G. Uh, that's a good one there. So, all right, let's do some sports. <laughs> and here with that is uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, sports, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Well, you know what? I wasn't going to do this story. I guess story I can't so- call you Mr. if we're going to follow in that. I guess I'm just going to call you... Uh, I don't know. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to stick with that theme. I wasn't going to run this story now, but I'll You're get... not a biologist, are you? Uh, no, I'm not, but I'll okay. get right into it, Big D. Okay. Cyclist. Let's look at this. Cyclist gender. TMZ Sports. Emily Bridges, a transgender cyclist, was disqualified days before racing in a women's championship event because she's registered as a male cyclist. This is Emily Bridges, a British transgender cyclist, was set to race in a women's event this weekend, but that has changed after the Union Cyclist International disqualified her on Wednesday. According to British Cycling, the 21 
21-year-old was eligible for the April 2nd race due to the uh, British Cycling Transgender and Non-Binary Participation Policy. But the UCI informed them since she's a registered as a male cyclist who started hormone therapy last year, she could not compete. Bridges, who set a national junior men's record over 25 miles in 2018, is an example of the ongoing battle between transgender athletes and some people in sports who believe the athletes have an unfair advantage. We also understand that in elite sports, the concept of fairness is essential, British Cycling said. For this reason, British Cycling is today calling for a coalition to share, learn, and understand more about how we can achieve fairness in a way that means the dignity and respect of all athletes. And uh, here's the best part. Several states in the U.S. have banned transgender female athletes from girls' teams. In fact, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis denounced transgender swimmer Leah Thomas for winning an NCAA championship, saying, By allowing men to compete in women's sports, the NCAA is destroying opportunities for women, DeSantis said, making a mockery of its championships and perpetuating a fraud. So, good story. Wow, unbelievable. But uh, I'm glad that uh, Governor DeSantis, as usual, sets the record straight down in Florida. But uh, that's some story, huh, Rick, with cycling? Yeah. Well, you know you know what? And the fact that, that this person, this guy was a champion, just a year or so ago. Yeah. Three it's like, really? Ago. Yeah. And now you want to race against the girls? What's the problem, bro? Exactly. And uh, CBS Men's PGA Tour leaderboard. We've got a little bit of a warm-up, I guess, for the Masters. Although not a lot of big names in this particular tournament. It's the Valero Texas Open in TPC San Antonio. Round one underway today. Russell Knox shoots a seven under 65 to lead the pack. And we'll keep an eye over the weekend on that. Next Thursday is the big one in Augusta Judge of the Masters. We cannot wait for that. And who knows, like we were saying earlier at the open of the show, there's been a couple of Tiger sightings down there on the course be exciting to see him come back only some what 14 months after that major accident be incredible and last but not least women's tennis naomi osaka reaches the miami open final after a comeback win versus belinda bensick she lost the first set four six came back to take the next two sets six three six four and again we'll keep an eye waiting to see who she's going to face in the final that should be on saturday and that's a wrap in sports big d back to you all right slick rick thanks very much um we'll get to biden's release of the oil reserves here in a second but let's do a little news and here with the news is paul nolan news is brought to you by our friends at seven cells.com thank you to everybody who's um, written me a message or something or said, hey, I just got my ivermectin or my whatever you ordered. And they've got the Tamiflu for like $20 if you want a Tamiflu just to have. they got great stuff. And I'm glad that some of you are taking advantage of it. What's going on, Paul? Well, from Breitbart, uh, Breitbart, the White House is defending Thursday Joe Biden's old claim that his son Hunter Biden did not make money from China and did not do anything unethical with his business dealings overseas. During the third presidential debate in October 2020, Biden stated emphatically that nothing was unethical about his son's foreign business deals. Biden also claimed, my son has not made money in terms of uh, this thing about what you guys are talking about with China. The moderator of the third debate, NBC's uh, Kirsten Welker, questioned the White House communication director, Kate uh, Bettingfield, about Biden's statement during the White House press briefing on Thursday. And uh, we have a clip, you said, G? Cut 13, G, roll it. Let's roll it, baby. Mr. Biden, who has been uh, in the headlines again recently during the last presidential debate, then Vice President Biden was asked if there was anything inappropriate or unethical about his son's relationships, business dealings in China and or Ukraine. The president said nothing was unethical. He went on to say, my son has not made money in terms of this thing about what you're talking about, China. Does the White House stand by that comment that the then Vice President 
We absolutely stand by the President's comment, and I would point you to uh, the reporting on this, which referenced statements that we made at the time uh, that we gave to The Washington Post, who worked on this story. Uh, and, but as you know, I don't speak for Hunter Biden, so there's not more I can say on that. We stand by what he said. Have you watched Chuck Grassley <laughs> and Ron Johnson on the floor of the damn Senate? What do you mean you stand by what he said? He's lying. Well, He's an old, vicious liar. Yeah, and we all stand, know it. They're going to stand by the lie. We stand by the lie. Because we got nothing. <laughs> I mean, the Washington Post story, which I only gave you about two paragraphs of yesterday. Gee, is my screen working yet? Great. <laughs> I mean, I have a clip here from December 2020 from Jack Posobiec, who found, I guess found it. Congrats to him for finding this from Rush. The great Rush Limbaugh, who we all miss. The, the audio, does the audio work, G? Okay. You can give it a shot, but I don't think so. Um, all right, I'll try to fix this so I can play it for you. Because, I mean, talk about being a fortune teller. Because what we're seeing from the media right now, in all of a sudden going, as Rush put it, going from fake news to hard news on the, on the Hunter Biden thing, clearly is either a signal that, they're, that they know he's going to get indicted and they're trying to get ahead of it, or to push it even farther, this is the setup to get rid of Pop Pop. Mm. This is the setup to get rid of Pop Pop. Yeah, man. Obama makes the call and says, well, that, we can't go any farther with this, so it's time, for, um, it's time for Joe to go to the dog track. Put a little pin on him that says, I used to be Joe Biden, and <laughs> wheel him out there. Don't sound like me, kid. Well, no, I'm just, I mean, if I could play the clip, I'd play it for you, but I'll try to get it fixed so I can play it when we come back. But yeah. I mean, it's stunning. I mean, this, this feels like they're just setting him up. Look, he's been a disaster at, at epic proportions. I mean, his handlers have to soil themselves every time he goes off script. You know, they got to be thinking, oh my God, we got to get through this one. They're probably looking at their stopwatches. Oh, Pop Pop's got uh, got 19 seconds to go. Don't do anything stupid, Pop Pop. Yeah. You know they they can't trust the word he says up there when he when he starts flying off. Uh... But specifically to this point, though, about what he did or did not do, and what Hunter Biden did or did not do in in, in China, and make Grassley and Johnson have had big boards of the of the bank wires. <laughs> what, what do you mean we stand by it? That would be called evidence. Yeah, it's like, we're, we're, I mean, yeah, no, no. Yeah, we stand by it. He didn't get any money. Well, what is that right I, there I for still, 100 grand? I, I posted Glenn Beck's timeline of all the corruption. It was uh, when he did one of those chalkboards. Boy, there's so much evidence, and he was just scratching the surface. If you follow the leads he puts on the chalkboard, it, it's there's endless evidence of the corruption. And not only that, remember, Tony Bobulinski, he already – he already came forward with evidence, email, email chains. Oh, yeah. Things that were said, things that were promised. Um, I wonder, is the Washington Post going to rush out, and uh, are they doing a follow-up with him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah. All right, we'll see if we can get this fixed so I can play Rush for you. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night when we get back. Live from Studio 
W6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Lots to do on a Thursday night. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick Emirati's got more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo friend holding it down, living in technology hell right now with everything going on here. But that's all right. We'll we'll plow through. We're under a cyber attack. <laughs> yeah, could it possibly must be Russia. Could Russia. possibly be. Blame it on the Russians. So uh, I don't even have my cuts up anymore. <laughs> Gee, those are gone too. So, anyways, from the Washington Times today, Biden release of oil reserves to blunt gas prices draws skepticism from friends and foes. President Biden's announcement Thursday that the U.S. will release nearly 200 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve over the next several months was met with skepticism from Republicans, energy experts, and even some in his own party. Both allies and foes were unsure that the planned release from the stockpile of a million barrels a day, about 5% of the 20 million used daily in the U.S., for the next six months will have any impact on record high gas prices. Here is the president announcing this today. Roll that, Jay. The action I'm calling for will make a real difference over time. But the truth is, it takes months, not days, for companies to increase production. That's why the next part of my plan is so important. Today, I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day. Okay, just stop it for, for the one next second. Six I months. just want to point out that six months. What a waste. For the last two quarters coming into this year, supply has outstripped demand. This is not like all of a sudden a huge surprise where he says, oh, it takes time for them to ramp up. This has been, uh, demand has outstripped supply for at least six months leading into the beginning of this year. You go back to last year. This is not a surprise. This is not something that just jumped up because Putin went into uh, Ukraine. This has to do with from day one of his presidency, he did everything he could to kill this industry so he could start pushing and redistributing wealth into his new big green uh, utopia. Or siphoning wealth to him and his cohorts. That's what this is about. This is not about all of a sudden some magic like, oh, look at this. Because, again, demand has been outstripping supply in, in supply for oil for six months. This is not some, like we just woke up and was like, oh, look at this. Uh, geez, wonder how this happened. So that whole, that takes some time to get up and that, that's just, that's just baloney. That's just pandering to people who don't, know any better and just hope that they buy it yeah go ahead it's over 180 million barrels for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve (laughs) this is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year and it is by far the largest release of our our national reserve in our history Uh, are we at war provide historic amount of supply for a historic oh, amount of time, right. he a six-month bridge to the fall. And we'll use the revenue from selling the oil now to restock the strategic petroleum reserve when prices are lower. Stop so, <laughs> Oh, boy. Stop. Besides what he said, which is gibberish, I wonder, I wonder who he thinks he's going to um, – who's going to resupply it? Curious. How about the Keystone? No. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna resupply the uh, who's gonna refill? 
Wonder who he thinks he's going to go to. Not only that, what do you think the price is going to be? They're talking about it going to two hundred bucks a barrel. He's, he's going to make it. He's going to make a deal. Yeah, it's like I'm getting twice as much. I'm going to get it directly from Dick Cheney. I'm going to spend twice as much to get the same oil. That's that's how I deal. Shaq must be one of his advisors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fill it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, finish this, Jay. We'll be ready. We'll be ready for future emergencies. Folks, I've coordinated this release with allies and partners around the world. Oh, God. Already, I have commi- we have commitments from other countries to release tens of millions of additional barrels into the market. Together, our combined efforts will supply well over a million barrels a day. We use Nations 20. coming together to deny Putin the ability to weaponize his energy resources against American families and families and democracies around the world. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The, the hypocrisy there is just pure. What do you mean? Just uh, we're not going to let Putin weaponize his fuel against the world? Well, haven't you already done that here? You've... You, you stopped. The, you, you made it impossible for us to get gas out of Pennsylvania and New York. You made it impossible to to drill for oil. You made you, you shut off the pipeline and Keystone Pipeline. I mean, he's weaponized it already. And now we're watching. Now we're watching Russia saying they want their oil paid in rubles because they've been sanctioned and all their money was frozen from international bankers, which is an act of war. It's economic terrorism. And now they're cutting off all supplies of of uh, fertilizer and you know and, you know and potash and whatever you know all of, I mean Somalia gets all of their fertilizer and grain from from Russia. The Somalians are gonna are gonna starve to death. I mean the amount of people this is gonna destroy so many poor countries and we'll we'll survive it here because we always do and we're all gonna have to tighten our belts. But you watch the starvation across the world and and especially in the third world nations. Because of this act of, of this, this, what this banker's war we're watching. All right. Well, Paul, I have good news for you. Joe Biden has a solution for all of this. Oh, he does. Yes. Oh, and I, I feel show, better. Can't wait. I feel I wanna, better already. I want to show it to you all. Good. Good. In today's first Crazy Town. Roll it, oh. <laughs> Pay attention. As I said in my State of the Union address, I feel better already. I'm going to always be honest with the American people. Yes. Putin's yeah. war is imposing a cost on America and our allies and democracies around the world. Sure. I want to talk about one aspect of Putin's war yeah. that affects and has real effects on the American people. Putin's price hike that Americans and our allies are feeling at the pump. Sure. I know how much it hurts. As you've heard me say before, I grew up in a family like many of you where the price of a gallon of gasoline went up it was discussion at the kitchen table. Our family budgets, your family budgets, to fill a tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war. The start of this year, gas was about $3.30 a gallon. Today, it's about averaging 420, $4.22, it's higher in many states. There goes his tell. Nearly a dollar more in less than three months. And the reason for that is, is because you. of Putin's war. Sure. Now Putin's price hike, price hike is hitting Americans at the pump, sure. which uh, which brings me to the first part of my plan. This is the time, not the time, to sit on record profits. It's time to step up. Look, I'm a capitalist. Oil and gas industry is sitting on nearly 9,000 unused but approved permits for production on federal lands. 
for more than a million unused acres they have a right to, to pump on. To help execute this first part of my plan, I'm calling for a use it or lose it policy. I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day wow. for the next six months, over 180 million barrels right. for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve. And it is by far the largest release of our, net, of our national reserve in our history. The most important thing my plan will do right away is save your family money. And by the way, this week's the benefit I included in the bipartisan infrastructure law to help families weatherize their homes are being delivered. We have the ability to reach 10 times as many families because of the legislation that we already passed in the, in, in the legislation. Within five years, Sorry. we're going to travel <laughs> 10 miles more on every single gallon we have because the average fuel economy of 49 miles of the gallon is going to be required. Oh, that good. means hundreds of dollars in savings for families at the pump. More cafe standards. We're also standards. setting Just similar standards for appliances, from your air conditioner to your microwave, your refrigerator, oh, your washers, dryers. It's just one of 100 actions we're taking to save the average family $100 per year in utility. Bills. $100 a year? Look, oh, wow. Minus 5200 That's huge. I get it. I guess that's a My plan's going to help ease that pain today. Wow. Safeguard again against tomorrow. What a plan. I'm open to ideas to strengthen the plan, but I'll not be put off and put it on hold. The prices already came down when it was announced ahead of time that so Biden dumb. was going to release so much <laughs> and so, so much energy from uh, so many barrels of oil from the Spro. Hello. They're already come down. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come down. Um, but how far down, I don't think anyone can tell. But it will come down. <laughs> and it could come down fairly significantly. It could come <laughs> down. Is it going to come down? Like 4th of July barbecues came down. 10 yeah. cents to 35 cents a gallon. It's unknown. I'm going to continue to use every tool at my again. disposal to protect you from Putin's price hike. Oh, he's going to protect It's not price. time for politics. Open your eyes. We stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators. We stand up for those who are are who are ready to be united. Not you, United States of America. Yeah. Okay, got it. Man, if you put his brain in a bird, it would fly backwards. <laughs> okay. All right, Paul, you got the plan. Yeah, um, All right. I've, I've never felt better about the economic yeah. uh, situation yeah. here in America before. That was comforting. The yeah. end of the plan, he did, <laughs> he did, he did say it's going to save $100 a year, right? Yeah, 100 yeah. bucks. Now, remember, yesterday I told you that the, the inflation numbers show that most households have to sp are spending 5200 more this year. Yeah. I thought it was 58 I thought you said 58 It was 52 It 52. was? Okay. So if you do the the White House math, just we quick, all just made 19 bucks. <laughs> just some quick math there. That, I, I don't know. It's like when he says we're reducing the deficit. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. We're reducing the deficit by Count trillion. For uh, inflation there, Joe? Mm, probably not. Yeah, I feel that's good a, about it. That's a big negative on that. We'll be $50 trillion in debt by the time this guy's done with us. $50 trillion by, if, his, if his budget was Oof. to pass. $50 trillion. Hey, we, we reduced the deficit by $300 billion. <laughs> Oh, good, Joe. Did you account for <laughs> inflation? No. Most jobs ever added. What? You guys where, put everybody where? out of business. So people are trying. Yeah, okay. Everyone's trying to survive. You and and we're going to get new CPI data coming up here now, April 1st, tomorrow. Now we know that'll be accurate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to get their fake CPI number, which is still, even, even the fake version is going to be the worst one yet, because this will be the first one that even considers this war. Yeah, right in line with his approval rating. 
So, well, if there are jobs missing from the job market, that's Putin's job loss. Yeah, of course, right? It is. It's easy to put his name in front of every sentence. Yeah. It just makes it sound so much better. Yeah, I feel better, especially if it's negative. And if you can put that on a bumper sticker, yeah, you could really yeah, go woke with the, with your uh, Prius then. Yeah, yeah, Putin's awesome. anti LBG. What square root of pi you said? I don't know. There's so many things on it now. I don't even know what I don't even know what they are. You know, it's amazing that dumb Joe doesn't realize, or maybe he does and he doesn't care. But according to this article that I found, and I've seen it a few times, uh, the United States now holds the world's largest recoverable oil reserve base, more than Saudi Arabia or Russia. But we're not allowed to use it. When he says we're going to, you, you notice all the, oh, we're going to get more gallons, more of this, all these cafe standards that are already in place for these car manufacturers that make it impossible, impossible to do business. They, everything they do is to just kill industry, kill jobs. Yep. It, they're the, it's just the opposite of whatever the, the name of the department is. Or you can really save money on gas if you spend 70 grand on a uh, used Tesla. Yeah, right. right. If everybody bought an electric car, he said at some point yeah. today, you'd save, yeah. Your insurance would go up by triple, but don't worry about it. And the carbon footprint and the slave labor that goes into it, forget about it. And all the people out of jobs, never mind. <laughs> I live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. More to do. We got another crazy town, another LOL, and a WTF video of the day, all still to come. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. <laughs> you can see Gio and friends scramble in the commercial break, <laughs> and they're the best. Yep. And we got it working, so I'll play Rush for you here in a little bit. Uh, Paul's good. There he is. There you go. Well, I'll play for you right now because this is, and then we're going to talk about this because what you're seeing from the media, talk about a fortune teller. Here's uh, Rush back in 2020. Oh. Until, I'm going to tell you, folks, I think we're seeing enough information on the Bidens. Now, to safely say that Biden will serve at the pleasure of Barack Obama. If Obama gives the green light to Democrats to take Biden out, there will be ample evidence that Biden has lied about his knowledge, his family, his name and office with his permission. And if that's in fact the case, then there's likely unreported money that will be found. The fake news media will temporarily become hard news media if the decision is made that Biden has to step down. Until that time, they will be covering for Biden. They'll be making excuses for Biden. They'll be ignoring all the negatives. You wait and see. And then watch what happens to their ratings when that happens. So there you go. Wow. Like Rostradamus or something. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Yep, You're man. seeing yep. the fake news media become a hard news media on this Hunter Biden story. Yeah. You have Peter Schweitzer out there saying possible indictment. You have CNN yesterday, the clip we played for you, saying, oh, this is serious. This could, uh, this could end up in an indictment. You've got John Solomon being attacked by every which way this Sunday on his uh, interview with the president, him and Amanda, and the president asking about the mayor of Moscow's wife. 
And the, and the, this is exactly what's playing out. And then you've got Grassley and, and Johnson showing you evidence directly from the laptop that implicates not only Hunter Biden, but, you know, the chain that shows the connection to, of course, the big guy. So this is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I didn't try yet, G. Um, all right, let's do some sports here. And here with that is Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D. Well, some uh, late-breaking news last night. It was very surprising to see Todd Bowles take over as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Bruce Arians stepping down into a front office role. This is from Jenna Lane of ESPN. Caught me by surprise. I didn't see that coming, Big D. I didn't. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of hubbubaloo about this story. So I'll let you report it first, and then I'll I'll let you know what what I think. So go ahead. All right, Tampa. I'm good, G. Bruce Arians is stepping down after three seasons as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach and moving into a front office role with the organization the team announced last night. Tampa Bay defensive coordinator Todd Bowles will replace Arians as head coach. He was the coach of the Jets. He didn't do too good with them. A league source told ESPN's Adam Schefter that the Bucs finalized a new five-year head coaching contract with Bowles earlier yesterday. Arians told ESPN he doesn't see uh, the change as a retirement. No, moving to the front office, he said in a text message, I'm still working. Arians played a, a key role in evaluating draft prospects and a move to the front office ensures that will continue. His new job title will be Senior Football Consultant. Uh, despite multiple health scares throughout his career, Arians, 69, said this move was in no way motivated by his health. Arians and the Buccaneers had been working on a succession plan over the past several weeks, and Arians informed players and members of his coaching staff of the news before the team's announcement. Arians went 31-18 and 18 with a 633 winning percentage in three campaigns with Tampa Bay, the highest win percentage of any coach in Buccaneers history, and led the team to a victory in Super Bowl 55 following the 2020 season. He won five playoff games with the Bucs. The previous Tampa Bay coaches won six combined. So I don't know. Tom Brady coming back. Bruce Arians stepping aside. Something sounds a little like a little uh, conspiracy there or something, Big D. <laughs> well, Paul Nolan, do you want, you want to chime in here? Well, I mean, look, I don't know for, for sure, but it does, does sound to me like the rumors that Arians and uh, Brady started clashing a little bit head to head. And let's be honest, he was quick to retire, which was strange to everyone when he was the second best, third best quarterback in the league. And then we hear he's coming back. Sounds to me a little bit like it's either me or him. Right. And he came back only and Brady announced his comeback a few weeks ago and they said this succession planning for Arians has been in the works for weeks. He just said that last night. So you got to say what happened? Did they, Brady say, look, you move Arians into a front office role, I'll come back and work with you know another head coach. Could be, Paul. Now, Peter King, Peter King has reported Who's as that, good as it gets in the NFL. Oh, icon. Peter icon. King reports that there's... Um, no, he does, he's, and, he, and he prefaces it by saying, I certainly don't know for sure, but he does not think that this is a Tom Brady power move and that Brady didn't have anything to do with it, but it does seem a little strange that Brady retires off a career year. Yeah leaves 45 days comes back and then two weeks after he comes back the coach the the the, the team says hey coach uh how do you like the air-conditioned booths upstairs and we'll let bull stay on the i mean that i mean and, and brady the reports were that he wanted more control over the offense anyways well listen he's got the highest iq in every field he's on so it would make sense that he wants somebody on his page yeah but when, if King speaks, I'm listening because he's a man of integrity. He's always been civilized and decent. He's always been an honest reporter. He's never been a clickbait guy. His word's good for me. For yeah, now. he's often very much for now. now. He's got a good inside seam to we'll the locker see. rooms. 
We'll yep. find out. It'll come out eventually. Some right. book somewhere. And responding to the yeah. audience, you know, they, they said I don't report enough on USA soccer, the men's team, uh, the women's team. That's kind of hard to do. But the, the men's team, uh, the World 2022 uh, World Cup coming up, nearly a third of betters wagering on U.S. men's national team to win it all. I get this one, Big D, plus 8,000. So if you put $100 down, you're going to walk away with eight big ones. Betters are willing to take a, a flyer on the United States' chances of winning the 2022 World Cup. The U.S. men officially qualified for the World Cup on Wednesday night despite a loss at Costa Rica. The U.S. men's national team needed to lose by six goals to fail to qualify automatically for the World Cup and be forced into a playoff with New Zealand for a spot in the tournament. This year's World Cup will be the first for the U.S. men's national team since 2014. About eight years. If the United States missed the 2018 World Cup, the U.S. finished second to Germany in Group G in 2014 and lost to Belgium in the round of 16. As you can imagine, the U.S. is hardly a favorite to win the 2022, even though it will be drawn from uh, part two of the four pots for Friday's World Cup draw. The U.S. is at plus 8,000 to win the World Cup at BetMGM, and those long odds have enticed over 30% of bettors to place wages on the U.S. men's national team to win it all. I mean, that, they've never really... You know, that, that's a long shot, man. You know, I don't recall them that coming, uh, coming close in many years. So we'll see what happens. But that's going to be interesting. And, uh, of course, who's the favorite? You know, France is like plus 350. Spain is like plus 550. Uh, you know, those are the, and Brazil, of course, is up there. Those are the teams that you expect to win. Where's but, Germany? Germany's in there, too. They're, they're one of the four big D. They're, I think, at like plus 350 as well. Okay. Yeah, they're, all, they're all four top teams. Germany's always a, always a fantastic team in the uh, in You the ever World watch Cup. a World Cup um, game with somebody from one of those countries? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched one when I was in London. <laughs> you have family, big D, right? That from Germany. They, That's they, why right? I bring it up, Rick, because <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's like going to war. <laughs> I got to tell you, I used to love watching the... Uh, Australian rules football. I mean, you know the rugby over there. Oh. Excuse me. When uh, there was a kid named uh, Joshua Lomo, I believe it was on on the New Zealand All Blacks, and they do that hooker dance beforehand. Yeah, dance. I was a big fan from that day forward, and I forgot all about it since I moved back. Yeah. <laughs> it was great while I was there. My German father-in-law comes over. He wants uh, he wants to come to my house to watch it. Hey, the big game's on. I'm busy. I'm painting the garage. <laughs> <laughs> just screams at the TV. It is the, you would think he had a million dollars on the game. The first five minutes, he's screaming at the TV. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. The ball's in the middle of the damn field. <laughs> they haven't even started yet. we got to get him on video this year. Get him on video, Big D. Get him on video. screaming at? He's just stretching. What are you yelling at, Pop? got to get those vocal cords warmed up for all the oh more screaming. Oh, my God. Set the tone for the game. Does he, does he bring his own doing? stash of uh, of German beer to drink? So oh, yeah. Whoa. The outfit, the beer, everything. <laughs> the, outfit. The, the mugs are this big. Are they shaped like a boot? No. He no. Puts, Damon comes out with his suspenders and his shorts on with his no, hat. No, no, no. I, I, big 13-pound no, no. lead stein. Yeah, exactly. Stein, you need two hands to pick it up. Uh, I just drink my Singing frog. during the... Yeah, singing all these songs. I just, oh, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The show's going apart with Paul there.
right, live from Studio 6B, hour two. Lots to get to, lots to do. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's got more sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We've got um, Crazy Town to get to. We've got another LOL of the day. We have a WTF video of the day. We have um, Joe Biden today talking more about this depleting of our emergency oil reserves, which is supposed to be for emergency, like actual real wartime or some catastrophic weather event or something. Not not because your energy policies have targeted the uh, sector for the first year and a half and you've made it your goal to try to put them out of business, as you told us, by the way, in Pennsylvania in the last bits before the election. And as you told us in multiple videos we could go back and watch so it's no no surprise but we're all supposed to now be surprised and listen to him about well it's a bridge and it's this and it's that and it's well, it's your fault again the analogy that someone wrote it's like the arsonist calling the fire department yep so we've got more of him brian deese let's see what brian deese says about the street the strategic oil release cut six g roll that to the figure one million barrels per day to the skepticism that that sounds unrealistic why should americans have confidence that you're going to be able to meet that benchmark on a daily basis and when can americans expect to actually see the you know speaking of her question by the way it's not like this is like all of a sudden their new thing we've we've heard from them twice now about going to the strategic right reserve Mm -hmm. they've gone to it twice how how's gas prices done not a zilch nil so just because now they're going to go for 20 million a day, which is 5% of what we need, before they went for like point, a half a percent of what we need, the point being it hasn't worked. Now we're just because we're making, we're upping the amount and they think it's going to work better. I don't know. Let's see. Go ahead. Finish this, G. So on the first one, the Department of Energy Strategic Petroleum Reserve have now committed, uh, per the president's direction, to release a million barrels a day into the market. Uh, number one, we have the full operational capacity to do that. As I mentioned, there are actually four locations that make up the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. For purposes of this release, we will be releasing from all four of those uh, locations. If you look at the actual operational capacity across okay. all four of them, it is actually up to 4 million barrels a day in operational capacity. So uh, actually executing a million barrels a day is well within the operational constraints. Um, and uh, a big part of that is because a lot of that moves by pipeline and so uh, they, to established um, offtake points. That's point number one. Point number two, there's been some question about, well, will there be Just want to remind you, interest? as you're listening to this genius talk, that he's the one who told us food's not really that expensive if you just take out meat, fish, and poultry. Yeah. Oh. Not <laughs> sure. that expensive. I just can't get enough soy. Mm. You know? So. You can gobble up so much air when you take all that stuff out. M- milk's not that expensive if you own a cow, Brian. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Sufficient uh, demand, uh, including on the transport side. And I would say there that the most, the, the best indicator is what just happened in the market when in the last, uh, the last sale that uh, the, the SPR tendered, 
was two and a half times oversubscribed. Uh, so certainly there is significant demand in the market, and that you would expect because uh, supply is constrained uh, and prices are high. So, yeah, it was for uh, so six months before this year, too. The uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve will execute against this per mm -hmm. the President's direction. Let's get the, uh, enough to your of question this, about enough the of timing. This guy. He's just talking gibberish. Uh, cut eight, to <sighs> my point. I didn't even realize we had this cut about going. This is not the first time they've gone to this. Let's hear that, Jay. In the last two times the administration released barrels of oil, it didn't have a measurable impact on gas prices. So of course, what Jackie Heinrich this from Fox. believe that this move is going to have an impact this time? This is, uh, as you heard Brian say, this is a historic and unprecedented uh, release oh. in terms of size. Okay. It is going to help meet the mismatch between supply and demand in the market. A million barrels a day is a significant uh, addition to the marketplace and is going to, uh, as I say, is going to address the some of the mismatch between uh, supply and demand. And I think what Americans should take away from this announcement today is that President Biden is relentlessly focused on doing everything he can Relent to ensure that Putin's price hike does not Focus hit them the at the gas pump. So what they've uh, seen from him, I think, since the day he took office is a focus on uh, doing what he can to address kitchen table oh, issues, boy. to address the things that uh, people across the country are worried about, uh, including gas prices. And so today, you know, not only is it historic in uh, scope, but it, uh, as you heard Brian talk about, this has also been, uh, the president has led a global effort to galvanize a response to this. <laughs> the, the idea that he is, um he is responsible for all the problems that Americans face today. He is like a snowball at the top of the hill, and it's rolling down and just picking up snow on the way. And it just keeps getting, it's taking out everything in its path. That's the Biden administration. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm seeing a brown, smelly ball picking up, not a snowball. This guy's a clown. I can't believe what we're listening to. This is just stunning to me. How anybody could be dying on this hill. How is any liberal with any intellectual decency still defending this? What specifically when you say this? This administration, the media's lies, the Hunter Biden BS. The, so just the overall, you everything, yeah. every, every, we got to pick sides with, it, you when it's all bad guys at play here, we got to pick Ukraine. Everyone's got to, okay, right, right. Because Ukraine's so, so decent and good to their civilians and there's no neo-Nazis there and there's no corruption there and there's, please, the whole thing is sickening. The, you know, uh, now, my question is, yeah. because they're talking about releasing this, that, this million barrels of oil a day, right? Now, as I recall, what, what I think Biden said earlier was that, uh, you know, the market for this. So are they selling this to other people, other countries? Are we supposed to get this? Yeah, it's, it's because isn't it going right into our supplies, uh, you know, distributed? That was my understanding of it. That's what I That's what I thought I, I heard. But so. then when you hear him say, well, we're going to take that revenue that we get from the sale of this to buy back, they're going to buy oil and replenish. So, so, and I think that's partly what happened last time they did this was, was only a small portion of that was meant for us. The rest was farmed out, was uh, sold off. Uh, I mean, I did not pick up on that, Rick. But that's not to say you're not you're not yeah. uh, right. I, I can go back and look at the Washington Times story and see if they cover that. My understanding was the million barrels was going to stay here, but who knows? Nothing would nothing would surprise us. My point being, they're they're from the press briefing. I'm saying that he, you know, this continued um, 
lie that, oh, the president is relentlessly tackling the, no, he's, he's not, he's responsible for all of them. You can't, he can't tackle his own misgivings and doings when it comes to inflation. Talk, go talk to the, go talk to the um, middle class of this country right now. Go talk to lower income families, go talk to fixed income retirees or anyone on a fixed income and ask them if they think that Biden is tackling or committed to continuing to tackle the things that face them in their lives right now? The answer is no. The answer is he's responsible for what's happening in their lives. He's not tackling them. He's responsible for them. He's making them worse. He keeps piling one thing on top of another. Yeah, the one thing he keeps piling on is more government. No, let us do it for you. Yeah, exactly. Because we know how to really screw things up. On that note, I don't know if it uh, was clear in the crazy town, but the other thing he announced is that he's taxing all those people holding the the drilling permits that aren't doing anything with them that they always point to. Again, uh, just another sh- a scheme of BS from from them on this. This whole 9,000 le- uh, licenses lease. I believe when Trump left office, that number was 40,000. Yeah. And they act as if you, if you have one of these, you're just going to go out there. All right, let's just, let's go. Like you don't have to like build up the land. You don't have to get the equipment. You don't have to look and say, well, geez, are we going to end up being profitable if we spend a hundred million dollars to do this? Are we going to lose money? He makes it sound like you have the license. It's like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? Not to mention that land may not have any oil underneath it. I mean, just because you have a... A license to drill there doesn't mean you're going to find anything. Yeah, but, and it, but and they even get to if, incur all that risk and all that cost. Yeah, it could be a two-year process to even think about putting something in the ground. Cut nine, roll it, G. That being said, I think the president is trying to thread a very small needle here. On one hand, for months, he has been vilifying the energy industry. On the other hand, uh, what I hear a lot from executives is for the last several years during the presidential campaign, uh, President Biden campaigned on a pledge to ban leasing and permitting on federal lands. There were executive orders early in the presidency to do just that. And only because of legal challenges to some of those actions has some of that activity been resumed. Now uh, he's trying to turn around and say, why aren't you actually producing on a lot of this land? And I know that uh, specifically the, the oil industry uh, feels uh, feels uh, you know like the administration has done an about face on that and that it's hard to understand the messaging and what's allowed now might not be allowed 12 months from now. So why would they make a long-term investment in some of that activity? Well, it's weird because on one hand, they're wondering why American companies aren't producing more oil on the other hand they're basically yelling at him and bring him in front of congress and saying it is it is i would say and i've had many private conversations with these executives whatever you think of the industry kelly they're human beings they're just blood pumping like the rest of us and they're like we're confused the messages are all mixed the signals are mixed and by the way those federal leases a lot of them are offshore and you only you only drill on certain tracks so that nine thousand permits thing is it's kind of like saying, why have you used all of your yard to build a house on every inch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Real people in the real world who understand real world problems, unlike anyone in government, especially in the Democratic Party, who knows nothing but government. Nothing but government.
So it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's just nonsense from the from the from the leases to the land to the to the reserves to this whole thing even working is a shot in the dark. And again, it's all he it's he's the reason all of this is happening. Now, if you're even being remotely fair, you can say inflation started even before him. Fine. We had loose, easy money in this country for way too long. Without a doubt. But he took big old piles of gasoline and dumped it on it uh, since he took office. And you wonder why the people with tinfoil hats keep thinking it's a systematic destruction of the dollar to, to usher in a digital currency. Just, I mean, if you look at the playbook of 1913 from 1909 to 1913, they're running almost an identical playbook in a much smaller scale and a different veneer. You know, now we see a digital veneer over it, but that back then it's almost the exact same thing. Create fear, create chaos, and usher in a currency that was essentially detrimental to every American over the last hundred plus years. No different to what they do than anything else. Create, like Paul said, create chaos, create this, create dependency on government, pan the current to sell you the future. Pan the current to sell you the future. If you just let us do a little more, if we just give you a little mm -hmm. more government, Utopia is not that far away. Yep. All right, more to do on a Thursday live from Studio 6B. Lots still to get to. Crazy Town, WTF, LOL, all coming up. Now, the USDA is warning prices at the grocery store will keep rising. They say overall you could be spending up to 4% more for food by the end of this year. Poultry will see the biggest price hikes between a 6 to 7% increase. Dairy prices are expected to jump between 4 and 5%. In cereals, baked goods and sweets could go up 3 to 4%. That will impact restaurants too. The USDA says the cost to dine out will jump as much as 6.5%. Well, everything's going up. Everything's going up. $5,200 a year. That's what the average family is going to get hit with in inflation costs. Wages going down. Inflation going up. Dollar getting printed. M2 money supply up and to the right. The Fed looking for a soft landing. Let's hope he doesn't take it into the side of the mountain. Right now, we're just looking for a safe landing. Inflation's running wild. You got to consider your financial alternatives. And as I've been telling you, to protect your hard-earned savings, it's time to take a serious look at hard assets. What do I mean? Well, physical gold and silver. And the people to speak to there are friends at Birch Gold Group, experts in precious metals, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you these options. And those options are, if you're going to get into precious metals or hard assets like gold, silver, they're the guys to talk to. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. Here's how you get started. Text America. That's it. Just the word America. Type it out in your mobile phone and your text messages and send it to 989898. Hit send. That's all you got to do. You get your free information kit from Birch Gold with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your future gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. 
which might be the best benefit of all of it because the Democrats can't tax enough. They cannot tax enough. We don't have a taxation problem in this country. We have a spending problem in this country. But they want to tax the hell out of everything and everybody. So a tax sheltered account sounds pretty good to me. Get the facts, get started today. You have nothing to lose. Text the word America. Send it to 989898 for your free information gift from Birch Gold. They've made it super easy. Text America to 989898 and let our friends at Birch Gold Group show you how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6 B. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. I saw Mike Lindell today. Guess what he was doing? Filming his new commercial for his brand <laughs> new robes. Oh, he's got a lot nice. of robes that are coming out. Oh, man, do I they look wait. good. Hopefully purple. I might get one. You can just walk around, <laughs> just walk around your house. And just What? Please don't wear them here in the studio. I'm going to wear just a robe. Yeah. On great. the show. As soon as I get it. <laughs> yeah. It looks so comfortable. We'll, we'll I all be like taking the night shoes. off that night. <laughs> That's fine. I'll do it myself. I'll sit no, here and bubble just, bath like on the blues. <laughs> Me and G and Fran will hang out. You all have to be here when I'm in my robe, my, my pillow robe. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be here too. <laughs> I'm glad my door shuts. Yeah, I want to make assumptions. All right, let's do sports. Well, if you go to, I don't think they're out yet. I got a sneak peek. Oh, man, they look good. Nice. I can't wait. As good as everything else, though, by the way. Yeah. It's all good. The sheets, it's all good. Slippers I hear is great. exactly what I'm trying to avoid by not having you wearing those robes here. We should really do a whole show in the robes, I yeah. think. I agree, yeah. Paul. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. But, thank you. Yeah, but Damon you. looks like a scratcher. Like, he'll have it open and he'll be scratching himself. <laughs> I really don't want to see that. Let's do sports and hear what that is. Oh, is that funny, Rick Amorati? Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, I don't worry. I'm going to wear a shower cap. The question is going to be, who's got the grayest chest hair? Let's <laughs> <laughs> see the handle there. All, All right, what's going on, Slick Well, hey, got a big one, big Totally F- off the rails here. Shave my chest pubes. Hey, Madison Square Garden in New York, big game. And NCAA men's NIT You're an final. idiot, Delgado. You're an idiot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Go ahead, Slick Rick. Okay. Just having some fun. All right, buddy. NIT final, MS, Madison Square Garden right now, Xavier. These <laughs> Texas say I give up. Somebody, on, somebody here said Damon Hefner. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Hefner or Heifer? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Another unprovoked I, I thought assault. I misheard. I mean, this is, I mean, Ed Henry who? I mean, it's Slick Rick. And I got Big a white jacket like that, too. Don't worry. Talk about it. A shot across the bow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is just an assault. All right. How else am I going to break up and get my sports report in here, boys? All right. So get one more try. I've got one news story in over here. You're talking about, like, you know, Himalayan mountain lions wrestling and stuff. Yeah, Come I, on. I have that story? Okay. Go ahead. Slick Must Rick. have been a Tiger King story. All right. Again, MSG, NCAA, men's NIT final. Xavier up 71-70 with about 40 seconds to go. Last I checked, Rick, double check. It might be over by now. And uh, good game. Uh, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Pack Garden. And then let's get on to Eric Church. We talked about this at the opening of the show. He cancels huge concert to watch UNC versus Duke. Fans 
furious. That's not what the title says, but fans are furious. I got this from TMZ Sports. Eric Church has canceled a huge concert this weekend so he can watch his beloved Tar Heels basketball team play Duke in the Final Four, and the country music superstar's fan base is not happy with his decision. Church announced the cancellation in a message to his supporters Tuesday, explaining he wants to watch the Tar Heels game on Saturday night so badly that he won't be able to perform at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. Church called the move the most selfish thing he's ever asked of his fans in a statement to them, but he implored them to understand because the game just means that much to him. And uh, I've watched Caroline and Duke battle over the year, Church said, but to have them in a matchup in the Final Four for the first time in history of the NCAA tournament is any sports enthusiast dream. Some fans, though, were not understanding as several stormed his official Facebook page to let, to let off their frustration. Some called him a clown, while others said they'd boycott his conscience going forward. Uh, to be fair to Eric, the game is being heralded as one of the biggest college ball, basketball games ever, and the dude does love Carolina. He's got a hit song about it. So a tip-off is slated for 5.49 p.m. or 7.49 for all you in San Antonio who suddenly have free Saturday night plans. So it's safe to say that Eric Church left his fans in a lurch. And that's the Rapid Sports Big D. I'll go back to you because I want to get Paul, get a story in. Get it, Paul. Um, <laughs> in other news, Bruce Willis. Yeah, the Eric Church thing. Oh, the Bruce Willis thing. Oh, man. Oh, Who doesn't man. love Bruce Willis? He's like, you know, uh, he's in the same club for me as like, you know, Burt Reynolds and, you know, Paul Newman. Yep. And yes, one of those guys, you know, Steve McQueen. He was just such Steve a McQueen. guy's guy, you know, and yeah. Yeah, Stallone, you know, but he's, you know, that's what happens. Uh, you know, when you start getting older, your heroes start to decay a little bit. So, you well. know, hats off to him and his family, you wish know. Well. God bless him. All right, what else is going on in the news, Paul? Uh, you know, DeSantis is uh, taking aim at Disney. Uh, yeah. Disney's activism against Florida's parental right laws that prohibit sex education for elementary schools has GOP Governor Ron DeSantis looking at Disney's self-governing privilege on its Disney World grounds near Orlando. And he said, what I would say is a matter of first principle is I don't support special privileges in law just because a company is powerful and they've been able to wield a lot of power. Uh, Disney has been self uh, has been permitted to self-govern on its grounds under a 55-year-old state law. But Disney's war of words with DeSantis under pressure from the LGBTQ plus Square root of pie activists opposed to Florida's new law might put those privileges under review by the state, which uh, to me, you know what? I don't care about these gigantic mega corporations. So especially when they're, you know, they're just so lowbrow and disgusting and they've taken advantage of uh, the the working man forever. Good for him. DeSantis was um, just, just by the way, this is what he was doing today. You want to put this up, G? So just know that there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown around in our society now. There's a lot of political posturing. There's a lot of different things. But when all the smoke clears in the state of Florida, if you decide to go into that, to this profession, if you wear the badge, you are going to be appreciated. So just know yeah. that there's a so lot of stuff that gets thrown dollar bonuses around in to, our um, to police officers. I'm trying to find the cut also that he uh, talked about the Disney thing, but... You know, again, this is why, uh, here it is. Um, this is why he separates himself from uh, other governors right now in the country. No one else talks like him. No one else has guts. Yeah, has any. Exactly, Paul. All right, more to do. Live from Studio 6B, Crazy Town, LOL, WTF video of the day, all coming up when we get back.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do a little news. News is brought to you by our friends at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 10% off. You're looking to put that ivermectin or that early treatment pack in your cabinet so you have it. God forbid. 7Cells.com is the place to get it. Uh, What's going on in the news, Paul? Well, the House uh, Judiciary Committee Republicans on Thursday announced the launch of an investigation into Facebook and Twitter over their suppression before the 2020 presidential election in the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop that contained emails exposing questionable business deals with foreigners that would have, you know, that would benefit uh, the Bidens financially. Uh, Ranking member Jim Jordan said on uh, Fox Business, big tech. Big Democratic Party, big media, all colluded to keep critical information from the American people in the run-up to the most important election we have, the presidential election. So we're launching an investigation. And um, obviously now, if you uh, you know if you look at it, which is, again, strange, we see that CNN, for the first time, is now finally fully admitting on Wednesday that Hunter Biden's laptop from hell is authentic 532 days after the initial story broke on October 24, 2020, notably calling it Russian disinformation and made up at the time. And uh, as we see now, they're running for cover and they're starting to cover this now. There is no hiding this anymore. Well, just like Rush said, if uh, if Obama decides that it's, Joe's got to go, you'll start to see the... Fake media become the hard news media, and that's exactly what we're seeing, at least the last 48, 72 hours. All of a sudden, everyone's got a big interest in this. Washington Post does this huge story. I mean, Miranda Devine and the New York Post for all this time has been on this for, for a year and a half. They were shunned. They were, they were uh, shut out. They were canceled. They were everything. And people ran cover for this guy and, and, this, and this, his crime family and his... Uh, reject son for all this time and all of a sudden now they all got this big interest in it yeah it's truly stunning if you really think about it if anybody you know had done what or allegedly had done what hunter biden has done they wouldn't be allowed to visit the capitol they wouldn't have security clearance clearance to actually go on a tour of dc Yet his father is in the White House. This is, it's truly stunning how powerful the media is and, and social media and, and, and the tech giants and their ability to just, to, as we talked about it, Rick, the wrap-up smear. Yep. They, make, they send out a leak, they report on it, then the media reports on the report, and then they talk about it, and they just do this nice circular loop of disinformation, Soviet-style, and it's just terrible. And the working man just has no time the working woman, forgive me, uh, working people out there just have no time to dig into all this stuff, and it's heartbreaking. Someone said, Damon, what comes after this? And if you're referring to this story, well, we'll see the media keeps reporting on it. If you if you're to believe Peter Schweitzer, I mean, and I don't know anyone that has more knowledge. I mean, I guess Miranda Devine and, and, and National Pulse has been on it. Jack Posobiec's been on it from the beginning. There's been a lot of people who have done some really good reporting. Yeah, the guy Maxie. Um, Jack Maxie. Yeah, he's been Steve terrific, Bannon, but... obviously, mm-hmm. the guys. Um, if you're to believe, but Peter Schweitzer, I mean, he wrote a book on it. Somewhere here I have the book. Uh, his latest book. If you're to believe him, well, an indictment is what happens next. And then from there, who knows? 
Who knows what happens from there? As if the world isn't in enough well, chaos. We would as be it in is. uncharted territory. Well, just remember last time that this big investigation the Justice Department undertook, and James Comey came out and made the statement that even though Hillary had done all this stuff that anybody else would be held accountable for, eh, no reasonable prosecutor would go ahead and uh, charge her. Yeah. So we could see a replay of that. You never know. Could see anything. Nothing would surprise us, that's for sure. <laughs> Only thing that may surprise us is if he actually got indicted and things and people started to get held accountable. That'd be what surprises us. Well, well that and, uh, you know what, I think you might see, because I said it last night, I, this is not the kind of guy who's going to survive in jail. He is not the kind of guy who has ever thought that, you know what, I'm privileged, the rules don't apply to me. Yeah, but if you think he's going to go to a penitentiary, I think you have another thing to come. And he's going to go to a country club, and he's going to, you know. Yeah, but even that's going to be too much. For someone like him, too much. Way mm, too much. Fair enough. Because, because, because again, this, 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 is a, this is a kid of privilege. Been privileged his whole life. Don't listen to Joe and say, oh, you know, regular guy Joe. No, you're not regular guy Joe. You're scamming, uh, you know, putting money in your pocket throughout the last 40, 50 years, Joe. Everybody knows it. You got five huge houses on 178,000. I don't think so. Doesn't work like that. That's yeah, fairy tale. Make a fair point. And remember the way he cried about the big guy taking his percentages, yeah. crying like he lost his best friend. Right. And not only did he take his 10%, then he went back to Hunter and took even more. Yeah, like he someone, extorts his own kid. Yeah. He was mad. He yeah. was like someone and, stole and his Hunter crack. was mad, and he's been mad about it <laughs> for, for a while now. And I bet you he's going to be like, I am not going down for this. So I'll turn states up. You, you, I'll be protected. You guys are going. He's mm, going to turn on somebody. Know, well, boy. Daddy has pardon power. Remember that too. So yep. maybe it's like on those. You know, not if he's indicted too. On his way out, he can't indict a sitting president. Remember, we went over this with Trump. Who yeah. says he'll be a sitting president? Well, that's that's a story <laughs> for another day. But um, all right, let's. We got some things we got to get to here. So let's go crazy town. G Pelosi, <laughs> Madam Tussauds falls apart. Roll it. Does her face fall off this time? <laughs> oh. Right now, of course, we have the Putin price hike yes. at, at the pump. And it is uh, uh, something that has to be addressed. It, it, the price of, of uh, oil and gasoline, uh, gas at the pump started That's going up there, when yes. he started circling uh, Ukraine uh, <laughs> and uh, Kiev. What is he, a and shark? It is, um, well, even before he went in. In any event, it's about justice. And that's what our president is. He's about justice. He's about equity. Oh. Whether we're talking about health care, whether we're talking about justice in the criminal justice system, whether we're talking about <laughs> environmental justice, any subject that you can name, uh, this president has uh, been very, very... Uh, Justice. Committed yeah. uh, to justice yeah, in the system. Right. It's committed. about use it or lose it in terms of the nine, about 9,000 we well uh, uh, licenses that are permits that are there for the private sector to sure. uh, to produce more oil domestically. Right. But again, it is um, it comes back to the, su the subject of t lowering cost. So lowering cost at a time of, uh, of inflation is... A reality that must be faced and must be addressed and must be lowered. Huh. Uh, one place is <laughs> at the must pump. Be lowered. Another it. place is just the sh uh, the fact that we 
the president with the increase in a, of a million jobs. She's exhausting me. Unemployment went down, uh, <laughs> practically cut in half. And when that happens, inflation increases. But nonetheless, wow. we to, um, <laughs> Good calculation. Thanks, Another cause, of course, is COVID. And COVID, 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 we have many reasons to address COVID, but one of them is to recognize the shortage of supply. The, the, she stole uh, third. Yeah. The supply challenge that we have in so many respects. You're calling it the Putin gas hike, but oil price, gas prices started rising a year ago. So is all of this to blame on Putin or are there other? No, partially. I don't say it's all Putin, but it's partially. Um, <laughs> What is, what is that, a prescription she just picked that's up? That's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, well, Mr., uh, 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 as you know, I'm very committee-oriented. Or, committee yeah, uh, <laughs> At least she's sober. <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling you his plan, but I'm not just coherent, saying. Not coherent, but so, uh, uh, sober. Would, <laughs> infer from his statement that that would be one, uh, one important date. And we've been working on that for months. So we're ready. We're ready. Everybody wants to be on the conference. That's her marble so fell out of her head. What the size of that is. And this is really a high priority uh, for our president. And that's why when he talks about the Defense Production Act, uh, Act uh, being implemented to make us less now, is she uh, the dependent on and the speaker. <laughs> Really, preparing us to save the planet. Really, it happens to coincide with reducing uh, yeah. dependence <laughs> on fossil fuels. And now I have to go back to my day job. It's lovely to be with you. Wow. Oh, boy. What was that? She is America's favorite sweetheart. Oh, jeez. Well, with her and Biden in control, I know I feel good at night. Oh, yeah. She's number three in line. Yeah, she's number three. Ooh, you know, who, you know. We would take her you know, over Kamala any day. You of the know week, who's number we? two? Oh yeah. Is she kicking around? Does she have anything to say today, Damon? Let's um. Oh. Let's do the <laughs> LOL. G. This is called like president, like vice president. Roll it, G. We stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators. We stand up for those dictators. who are <laughs> ready to dictators. unite. Unite with us, United States of America. What? Just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery. Um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what Cliff is necessary Knox. to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Have you ever heard anyone say so much and yet say <laughs> nothing, so nothing, very little? Again, it, it, it's, li it's like a junior high, hey, where's your uh, oral report? Yeah. And it's just a circle of the same stupid sentence back and forth, but written a different way and just recited that way. It, well, it, it's insanity. Grabian, uh, I think, had the best title, and that is Kamala Harris, Failed Philosopher. Rology. <laughs> It is time for us to 
do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. To see what is possible. Oh my God, I feel to see what can be unburdened by what has been. To reject the notion that the way things have always been has to be the way things will continue to be. <laughs> I have a motto. Oh, she I a drink, motto. I eat and drink no for breakfast. I eat no for breakfast. I eat no for breakfast. <laughs> there is no vaccine for racism. The climate crisis represents an existential threat to who we are as a species. Talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right, the significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time because the reality is that the life of a black person in America has never been treated as fully human. We have supposed leaders who are pushing science fiction instead of science fact. This virus, it has no eyes, <laughs> and yet it knows There's exactly how we see each style. other and how we treat each other. You guys are gonna see, you're gonna literally see the craters on the moon with your oh, own oh, eyes. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is oh, gonna be unbelievable. A friend in need Hopefully. is a friend in need. <laughs> and when folks vote, they order what they want, and in this case, they got what they asked for. I'm crazy! <laughs> oh, <that> <laughs> Nails on a blackboard. Kamala Harris, failed philosopher. (laughs) There's no eye. Oh, dear. All right, we'll wrap it up when we get back. 150,000 people will just tune down. Thirteen to the hour live from Studio 6B. Let's do a little more sports before we wrap it up with a little more news. And here with that is Slick Rick. Rick Emirati at Slick Rick Sports on Getter and on Twitter. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. WWE hosting 45 current former college athletes at WrestleMania weekend tryout. Adrian Rittenberg, ESPN senior writer. WWE will begin talent tryouts uh, Wednesday for 45 current and former college athletes, including 19 football players, as part of WrestleMania week in the Dallas area. The three-day tryout taking place at Dallas Cowboys headquarters in Frisco. Beautiful. Place. Uh, it's at Fisco, Texas, that is. We'll include evaluations for performance and promotion, as well as interviews and technical sessions in the ring. The now, tri- WrestleMania is at Jerry's house, right? Yes, it is. This weekend, Big D, going to be crazy. I'm sure you'll be tuned in. I absolutely uh, I know will, you be. will I know you will. So, yeah, so they're having a tryout. They're getting these NCAA, you know, college athletes. Some of them are just, you know, leaving school, and they're seeing if there are potential future talent for the WWE. What great, what a better place. They you know, got a couple of ex-linemen from football. They got several of, of the ladies as well. So they're doing a whole a whole tryout, and uh, the long term goal is to create a pathway in which the talent identification process is streamlined, and then the talent development processes is accelerated. James Kimball, WWE's senior VP for Global Talent yeah. Strategy and Development, told me. I'm happy um, Triple H got his health uh, right oh, yeah. because uh, I tell you, growing up, I was obviously a wrest- I was a wrestling fan, still am, but meeting Linda McMahon at the Freedom Fight Night was a real highlight. What a what a just a sweetheart. And she served the Trump administration. 
and someone in her position with her success, her family's success, obviously doesn't need to do, well, anything but do the family business if she wanted to, but she wanted to serve the country and she came out, uh, work with small businesses. Nobody knows about building a, well, small or big or leviathan of a business that they've built with WWE, obviously entertainment, going public and all. But man, she just was a sweetheart. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of hers and her husband, and I'm glad that her son-in-law has his health uh, back because they seem like a good family. So Yeah. And, and you know what? In terms of, uh, Rick, the tryout stuff, if you're interested in in uh, a cool movie about that, I don't know. Do you guys remember that movie? It came out a couple of years ago, Fighting uh, With My Family. No. It was about no. the WWE wrestler Paige. She's from England. Yeah. And I her journey... Her. And it was actually a very funny movie, really pretty, pretty well done. And it's a WWE production as well. So if you're interested in that, check that out because that's a great, it's a funny movie, but it also gives you insight into, you know, what these guys go through and the process of whittling it down and disappointment and, you know, finally making it. Yep. And congratulations. NIT tournament is over in the book. Xavier beats Texas A&M 73-72 on a last second. Well, five seconds to go. Jack Nunn's jumper puts the uh, Xavier over the top. Texas A&M had one last gasp three-pointer, which fell short. And, uh, well, congratulations. Xavier is the NIT national champions this year, 2022. Hey, uh, Slick Rick, crazy FB trucker says um, wrestling event, Damon and Slick Rick in new robes at WrestleMania. Oh. (laughs) All right. What do you think of that? What chance do I have? You got two feet on me. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what chance you have. Zero. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He'll be running back and forth through your legs. You'll never lay a hand on him. That's That's that, that could be. That like could I be said, same as Ed Henry. Listen. He takes one boom on top of Rick's head. Hey. He breaks both his legs, fights over. All right, listen. They've roped a dope before. It can happen again. You never know. Oh. <laughs> ah, the old rope he a dope, big D. He's called you a dope. That's it. The rumble in the jungle. Here we go. One more story before I wrap it up. Washington Nationals allow 29 runs in exhibition loss as things got just a little bit out of hand. Uh, this is ESPN News Services, is West Palm bad? Beach, Florida. The Washington Nationals have reasons to doubt 2022 will be their year. They got 29 more of them Wednesday. Pitcher Annabelle Sanchez and Cade Cavalli allowed to uh, allow 10 runs each while the Nationals was were, shellacked. Were they pitching eight. with their opposite hands? Yeah, they were, they were, um, that was, um, they were throwing with their glove hand. Unbelievable. And the uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, just absolutely rocked them. What a, what a game. But uh, anyway, things got just a little bit out of hand. Washington manager Dave Martinez said they had some hits where they had the magic wand today. Magic wand. It's like they had a club. Unbelievable. But uh, good stuff. And uh, over 131 years in the National League, the Cardinals' regularly season record is 28 runs in a game against Philadelphia in 1929. Records dating to 1996 show their spring training high at 18 runs. That's unbelievable. No. 29 runs. I have black run. And that's a rapid sports, boys. All right, very good. Uh, before we get to Paul, Rick, what happened in Arizona yesterday with the election? The attorney general did something, didn't he? Uh, yeah, actually, Bronovich, uh, who Trump has mentioned his name a few times because uh, supposedly he's got all this, all this uh, election stuff that they did all the investigative stuff, and he hasn't done anything with it. He says he's been investigating. Uh, Well, yesterday, this coming from the Gateway Pundit, Arizona Attorney General Mark Bronovich has referred criminal action against Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs for election crimes. Um, 
In a letter sent Tuesday, the Attorney General delegated his powers to enforce criminal action against Katie Hobbs for shutting down the online candidate petition portal uh, and intentionally violating the law. So I'm not exactly sure. There wasn't a lot on this, and I've looked at other places for more on this, but they're all kind of reporting just, I guess, the general sense of this has been reported. He's having one of the attorneys take this off his plate, so to speak, and, and pursue it. Okay. So we'll see what happens. All right. Mm. Anything else in the news, Paul Nolan, you want to hit? Uh, just real quick, BlackRock president warns entitled generation of shortages due to inflation. The president of BlackRock, we all know, is the most powerful financial institution in the world, managing $11 trillion. I was going to say eight. Is it up to 11? It's 11, wow. yeah. Uh, That's Larry that- uh, Fink. Is that his name? Yeah, well, yep. this is actually, yeah, Larry Fink, yes. Um, and he was originally with Blackstone Group, and then he broke off with BlackRock because they didn't want to follow his um, plan to use uh, artificial intelligence and quantum computing to compute. So he ran that model, and they've killed it um, and killed millions in the process with their greed. Um, but Rob Capito claims an entitled generation will be shocked by how upcoming shortages in labor and raw materials will remove normal items from the shelves. Uh, Capito, 65 years old, stated in a recent interv- uh, interview that inflation is going to have a significant impact on the global economy and will push an entire generation to deal with a wave of shortages. He said, for the first time, this generation is going to have to go into a store and not be able to get what they want. We have a very entitled generation that has never had to sacrifice. And uh, he described the economic situation as having scarcity inflation caused by shortages of workers and agricultural material. Um, He said, I would put on your seatbelts because this is something we haven't seen. Um, And he uh, he's worth an estimated four hundred billion dollars. I'm sure he's worried. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he is, too. Yep. That's it for me, D. And, of course, Biden will tell us that he's not taxing anybody 400000 or less when he's taxing everybody 400000 or less. They're actually yep. getting hit the hardest. By the way, before we close, G, can we just one more time bring attention to that picture I know you've put up a couple of times? How does he ever stumble over anything, <laughs> given the size of his damn teleprompter? It's like a jumbotron. Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> He squints that much looking at that. Oh, it's like an 86-inch TV. That's like the thing that hangs in uh, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys Dallas Stadium. AT&T Dallas Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Holy moly. Holy moly is right. Although I shouldn't talk the way my eyes are going. I'm going to need that pretty soon in here. Yeah, you don't hear me judging the... <laughs> Word. <laughs> Paul's just happy he's facing the right way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, getting old sucks. Wow. We're killing each other tonight. That's all right. <laughs> it's been an assault. Hey, uh, D- Dame, do-, do you mind if we replay that that first LOL? Because that one was, that was a doozy. pretty damn I funny. would love to go out on that note so I could really be depressed and drive into oncoming traffic going Hit it, home. G. The gentleman from Virginia is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, person speaker. And I I say person speaker because I'm not a biologist and out of respect to our Supreme Court nominee, I don't feel qualified to say Madam Speaker. (laughs) I know this is the other one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, persons on the show, good job tonight. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. 
And of course, all the truckers and farmers and everybody else that keeps the country moving. Thanks, guys, on the show. Or persons on the show, I should say. <laughs> Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night to wrap it up. Good week on a Friday night live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.